What's up everybody, this is The Organic Guy coming you from uh, Biofac 2022 in uh, Nuremberg, the summer edition. And now I'm joined by Lee Holstock of uh, the Soil Association. And um, I've had him in the podcast before, we talked about the organic market in the United Kingdom. The last thing we talked about was uh, the growth that uh, we saw in the organic market, about 12%. This time we didn't quite see it. So take no. us through that, what, yeah, what happened there? a slight decline, now down to about 5.2% in yeah. 2021. Okay. We always knew that 12.5% was going to be hard to repeat. Uh, if, I think if any industry can get 12% year after year, that's an astonishing level of growth. Yeah. We're still very pleased with 5%. That's a, a, a figure that's consistent with what we've seen over the last decade and a half. Yeah. Uh, but there have, of course, been some uh, factors that have affected that. The 12 percent plus that we saw the year before yeah. very much a response to to covid people didn't frankly have anything else to do other than food shop and there yeah. was also real interest in food cooking at home and sustainability in general which has really helped push our push our market in 2020 so yeah. happy with 5.2 percent growth but yeah not as impressive as previous year yeah yeah i mean that was sort of expected but the the other bit was about slight decrease about vegetables about two percent you you give a pretty good explanation there so can you just uh, give us give us your thoughts what happened there yeah i mean things are very difficult i think for produce at the moment it's one of the lead categories so dairy and produce in the uk are yeah. often the first things that people buy or encounter yeah. with organic so they're quite large volume so we see fluctuations in those in those areas generally and i think particularly with produce and horticulture this is where we're seeing some of the biggest inflationary pressures as a result of the current economic climate yeah. so of course farming organically more labor we do have some labor shortages in the uk we have a challenge with salary uh, and wage inflation and keeping yeah. that under control and also energy costs there's a need for refrigeration yeah. uh, and other overheads like this that that's quite challenging for the produce and horticulture sector yeah another interesting point you mentioned that the united kingdom is no longer part of the eu of course eu has a, that target of trying to get 25 percent but the government is uh, stepping up you said a little bit so what's happening there sure. as well yeah i mean we're really pleased to see that uh, we've gone from a position where, where the UK government are looking for replacements for uh, payments to farmers yeah. to replace common agricultural payments. Then initially there was some of these, uh, some thinking around income foregone and specific schemes and incentives that may not have included organic. We may yeah. have seen organic bypass, but yeah. after uh, much conversation with the government on the part of the organic movement, we're really pleased to uh, be able to confirm that the sustainable farm uh, payments, the SFI payments, will recognise uh, organic farmers who are certified. So yeah. all that public good that these guys are delivering, it's yeah. great, to see, great to see the government acknowledge that. Yeah, definitely to see. The other bit also that I found quite interesting is the, the bit that you mentioned. Amazon has this programme of uh, trying to encourage consumers to shop more climate-friendly products. Sure. That has also had uh, a huge boost in people buying organic. So what? Mm -hmm. What, what's the deal behind that? What, what's going on there? Sure, well, I think one of the things that we find with uh, organic is that consumers don't always connect it to sustainability. Yeah. I think it's an ongoing challenge for us that we, we all you know, continually need to improve the communication, tell them about the fact that we are also regenerative, tell them about the fact that we're doing all this great stuff in the yeah. name of making food and farming more sustainable. Yeah. What Amazon have done quite uh, interestingly is, is that they've created a filter uh, which you can filter out products which have the climate pledge. Now yeah. climate pledge isn't just about organic products, there are a number of schemes and measures by which Amazon will 
give your product the climate pledge. So we're helping okay. our licensees to ensure that they're, they're selected in yeah. the platform uh, where they supply. And yeah, it's a real shortcut for consumers, an easy way. That filters at quite a high level, switch it on, and you're going to see a lot of organic products. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty clever because now, I mean, when you put the word climate, it gives you quite a range of products, mm -hmm. and organic is definitely going to be filled as part of that. We've seen it in cells, so that's, mm -hmm. that's obviously a, a positive development. The other area you touched about was public sourcing. You're encouraging schools and healthcare centers to you know, try and purchase more organic products. What's also happening there? Yeah, the Food for Life partnership and, and the Food for Life uh, schemes associated with that. We've been running those at Soil Association for quite some time now. It's been yeah. a really big success story historically. Yeah. We, we've seen quite a significant expansion in the last decade of the amount of money spent on organic products by those serving food and supplying food into particularly public sector settings. So as you mentioned, schools, hospitals. Yeah. Clearly, uh, public sector funding has been under pressure. Uh, and there has been the sort of uh, some challenges in that area. We're continuing to push it. And I think what we're most excited about is uh, at a recent conference hosted by Soil Association, yeah. we, we heard our own DEFRA uh, Secretary of State talking about revisiting mm. what became known as the Balanced Scorecard, an initiative yeah. the government were looking at to understand actually, are we using some of our, our treasury income cleaning up problems that we could avoid in the first place if we support the right kind of procurement yeah. and purchasing. So yeah. we're really keen to see that uh, enlivened and reinvigorated and we hope that that will be good for uh, the Food for Life partnership and programs. Yeah, you had very good data. I mean, <laughs> you can uh, talk about it all day. The other thing I also noticed, uh, of course, we, are, we know that consumers are aware about the environment. Um, you also mentioned more than half of the consumers are more concerned about packaging. So mm. that's an interesting development happening there. So what's, what's going on? Sure. There? And packaging is, is certainly singled out by the organic sector and, yeah. uh, because we do have some challenges there. There is an expectation on the part of consumers broadly mm. that uh, packaging should be more sustainable. There should be more genuinely biodegradable packaging. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion in that, in that whole landscape. Everything from municipal waste collection in the UK not being very consistent. So businesses aren't quite sure which materials to opt for. Yeah. We also have some fairly niche challenges in organic. For example, we the regulation requires that we separate product. That's what certification and a lot of standards uh, you know, are trying to achieve, yeah. this, this preventing substitution and critically contamination. So yeah. unfortunately, there's, a, there's, there's an onus on organic products uh, to, be, to be potentially more, more packaged. Yeah. So there's real interest in, in how we meet the consumer's sustainability expectation, both in terms of the way that it's farmed organically, but also the way that it's actually packaged. So there's a lot of work going into yeah. that. Um, and we even have some challenges in organic around things like GM. So the availability of biodegradable starch-based packaging is, 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 is good at the moment, but actually yeah. you try to find one that definitely isn't from a genetically modified feedstock. Not yeah. so easy. Definitely not so easy. A lot of promising as well in that, in that sector. Just to finish a little bit here, sure. what should we expect in the next report? I mean, is there something you're looking for? Maybe something different in the next report? Well, it'll be interesting to see if the, the explosion in home delivery can be sustained. Uh, as I mentioned in our talk a moment ago, that it, it's certainly been, there's been a, a real surge in interest throughout COVID. And those businesses that have now collected extra consumers, yeah. uh, you know, the challenge is going to be to keep them. For the wider organic market, it's going to be interesting to see whether the, the broader economic outlook slows things down for us. I think what I would say, it's that we've seen this before. I was working for Soil Association in 2008 when we saw the last downturn. Yeah. 
And one thing is clear is that consumers are increasingly more interested in sustainability. They're increasingly joining the dots between organic. Okay. That's a trend that's not going away. And I'll say this, that the tide has come in and out on organic many times over the last few decades. And okay. each time it comes in, it comes in stronger. So I think our message to the sector is let's, let's work together and weather the storm because organic's not going away. Oof. That's some uh, encouraging words right there. So thank you very much for My giving pleasure. us those insights. Great.